Welcome back, listeners. On this extremely special 100th episode, I spoke to Tatiana Regal. Regal is an Oscar nominee, a two-time Emmy nominee, an Independent Spirit Award winner, and a two-time Ace Eddie winner. I was reflecting um, earlier this morning when I was just sort of pinpointing down some questions, and I thought to myself, I mean, it's been five years since we last chatted, and it's crazy. And your, your podcast is huge. It's fantastic. Well, thank you. That's so sweet of you to say. I, I had an instinct it was going to be fantastic, so that's why I did it a long time ago. Well, I, I am very thankful for you because you were probably one of my earliest supporters, so I have, I have you to thank for that. Well, I was, I was curious about that because I know I've been following it for a while, but I didn't, I didn't know exactly when you started. I knew it was early at that point. Were you still in school at that, at that point? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. And that would have been final two years of college. So, wow. um, so yeah, it just, I switched from the website to the podcast and it kind of just went from there. So, um, well, well done. Thank you. Well done. I'm, That's great. I'm excited to have you now on the podcast. Yes. Well, happy to be here finally. Yes. Um, but I mean, going back, I mean, looking, back at Itanya, I mean, five years later, I mean, how would you describe, I mean, just sort of the trajectory that your career has, has gone on now? It's just, it's been, it's been amazing to watch this as someone who um, has loved your work for so long, but I mean, it must be, it must be crazy just to, to think about that. You know, it is crazy. I mean, obviously I've been doing this a long time, so I, I feel like I had a um, a really solid foundation that was just sort of waiting for a little bit of the luck to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had worked with Craig, uh, by the time we did I, Tanya, I think we had done, I don't know, th- four other features together and another, and another television pilot. Um, and the first time I worked with him was on Lars and the Real Girl. And, and, uh, you know, just to think even from then what has changed, uh, it's fantastic. You know, everybody's career is a little combination of, of, uh, you know, talent, hard work, and then luck, you know, every now and then you just have to get lucky. And I think I, Tanya was one of those situations that none of us expected it to do as well as it did. It was just this, you know, small film that um, Craig loved the script. And then when he sent it to me at first, I was like, I, Tanya, that's a, that about a film about Tanya Harding just sounded completely not interesting to me at first. And then I read the script and I was like, oh, oh, oh I get it. This is fantastic. Uh, then when he talked to me about the style and pace and, and how he was gonna shoot it. And, um, and then I remember sitting uh, during dailies with my assistant, we were in Los Angeles, they were in, Atlanta shooting and we said quite literally sort of quietly to each other I think this film is going to be really good we didn't want to curse it but we just (laughs) said this is really good right it's not just me right and uh and we just we had such a good time with it Mm -hmm. and then one more question sort of just dating back but Mm -hmm. um I would be remiss not to mention it because at the 
ceremony that year, um, I remember Frances McDormand's speech um, where she asked all the women to stand. And I'm just curious from someone who was in the room and asked to stand, how did that moment, um, I mean, how did you feel in that moment? I mean, I remember my tear or my eyes were welling up with tears because it was just, it was such a powerful moment. Uh, I thought it was, I agree. I agree. I thought it was a very powerful moment and I thought it was a very um, observant and generous thing for her to request. Um, and, and it was fun to see how many people did stand up and also kind of shocking how many people didn't stand up. You know, they're not, they're not, it, it was a good year that year, and yet it still wasn't all that great for women. Um, but getting, you know, trying to get better, uh, you know, we're 51% of the population, but certainly not 51% of nominees and award winners. So yeah, all, all that stuff still needs work. But it was it was really fun. And it was a terrific honor. And the whole experience, you know, I never expected I, Tanya, to, to, to be um, received the way it was. And it, and it all happened very quickly. You know, we finished the film and then it went to the Toronto Film Festival and then it just sort of exploded very fast. We didn't have a distributor. We didn't, I mean, we had no idea what was going to happen with it. And I've honestly worked on a number of films that just sort of fizzled away, even though I loved them and thought they were fantastic. Um, but this one just sort of had a little air under its wings and did well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, going into the present, I mean, really just what, what excited you about Pam and Tommy the most? Well, there were a number of things. Um, I, when, when this came up, I was still working with Craig Gillespie on Cruella. We were just finishing Cruella. Um, and, uh, and, it, it, and he started talking about it at that point. It didn't start right away. In fact, we did another pilot um, for physical in between. Um, but during Cruella, uh, which was also just a, a wonderful experience. I mean, we had so much fun, even though we had the pandemic and the crew got split up and everybody went home and we began working from home and everything. We just had all such a good time. Um, he started talking to me about it and that's, you know, usually what happens. He's, you know, he's, he's getting, uh, he's getting all of these different ideas and things sent to him and he talks to me about them and some sound more interesting than others. And he, he spoke about this one and, and I was like, and I can't get too excited about any of them because they come and go very quickly. And so if I got all emotional, emotionally attached to each and everything that he spoke to me about, I would have my heart constantly crushed but um when they do get to when i do get to hear that it's actually going to happen um i then can get really excited about it and it just similarly to i Tanya, was a story about a person that i think was truly misunderstood um that that had you know was in a situation that got bigger than themselves you know sometimes for what they did and sometimes for what they didn't do you know pam anderson had nothing to do with this tape uh, going into the public. And, um, and it was just a, a set of circumstances that really, you know, destroyed her career and her life. And it was about a time similar to I, Tanya, that, that uh, I think people reacted very differently to that. The tabloids um, 
you would take these stories and run and whether or not they were true or not, uh, it didn't really matter. It's, and it still happens, you know, what sells, what, what gets eyes. Um, but she was really victimized through, through the whole process as was Tommy Lee, but in a very different way. I mean, his career continued and hers was completely destroyed. And I just found it a very interesting story uh, to get behind the scenes of what really happened and how we as the audience then and now are complicit in what, what happens. Um, so I just thought it was uh, an interesting story. And then when Craig began to speak to me about what he was considering and how he wanted to do it, the pace and the style and all of that, it was just, you know, it just was gonna, I knew it was gonna be fun. So mm. that was it, yeah. And from like a, a challenge perspective, I mean, obviously, like we've mentioned many times on, um, on this podcast today, I mean, you've worked with Craig so many times. Um, I mean, what was, an, what was an interesting challenge for you that you hadn't faced on previous projects with him? Um, well, television is always different than than features. Um, it's just a, a different structure in terms of you know hierarchy and who contributes notes and how that all works. That's one thing. Um, the other is I was only doing the first three episodes, and I only ever read the first three episodes. So I was sort of in this unique position to, after once episode four came on the air, I became an audience member like everybody else. Um, uh, for the rest of the series. And I, um, so I didn't know what was happening. I had no idea what, what the rest of it was. Now, obviously on a feature, I know what the whole movie is. And so that was one aspect. The other was that the first three episodes are very different from each other. The first one is really the setup. And it's more about Rand, the, the Seth Rogen character and, you know, stealing the tape and all of this stuff that I didn't even know about. You know, I read the scripts and I was like, oh, I had, no, I thought that they were somehow involved in the tape getting released and all that. It's completely not the case. And I, I didn't follow the story very much. And I, I didn't watch Baywatch. It wasn't really on my radar at all, but I, I you know, you hear about it. It's in the culture. Um, so when I read the first episode, which is just so crazy with how he steals the tape, um, it was fascinating. And then the second episode is this big flashback to how um, Pam and Tommy meet and how they fall in love in this crazy four-day weekend and uh, you know how he goes to Mexico and follows her in this sort of weird stalker-esque way and yet it's um, it's also very sweet and and she's intrigued and she um, you know is is going along with it all and they have this crazy alcohol drug induced ex experience and fall in love and and yet it's very genuine and lovely um and then in episode three all hell starts to break loose and um you get back into the story again and so it's it's just an interesting structure um that surprised me uh and was was fun to work on i never really knew where it was going to go though um so that was the challenge yeah no i i love the that club scene it was just I don't know. I felt so present. I mean, I felt present throughout the series, but just there, it felt so real and alive. And mm -hmm. that sort of love story that you're speaking of, I mean, I just, it, it hit me. And I was like, even though it is, I mean, the soccer-esque aspect is not great, but, uh, but no. It's, it's, it's not great, but it's, it is what happens, you know, to a certain extent. I mean, none of us were there, but that's what, you know, from, from the article and from things that he said and, and stuff that is, 
you know, it's certainly based on what happened. And, and there is a, you know, there's a euphoria that happens with that, you know, passionate, crazy love weekend that they had. And then you have the scene when they're flying back afterwards, which is their first sober moment where they were on the airplane, where it's sort of in episode two, where it sort of hits them. Oh my God, we don't actually know each other at all. <laughs> and and there's just this awkwardness and pause and like, oh Lord, what have we, you know, they've sobered up. And, and yet if that hadn't happened, maybe their relationship would have, you know, continued wonderfully forever. It's it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what I mean. I know you're so involved in the process, but I mean, is there a moment that you just couldn't like step away from while cutting the show? Um, well, you, you know, everything you work on, you have to, you have to fall in love with it while you're working on it, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. And so obviously the things that are, um, that are good are a lot more fun to fall in love with. So you, you, you get, you know, so involved in everything. There's, you know, I don't know, there's, it was hard to, to not continue on the rest of the series. Um, that was very difficult because you get yourself so much, you know, by the time you're at the end of episode three, you're really curious, you know, what's going to happen. And I hadn't read them or anything. And, um, you know, I think this, I think the, there are different scenes that in episode two that I really, really love. I love, they're probably like four or five scenes in that episode that I really love. Um, the, the scene where they go out to the car after the first club scene, where he's you know begging to see her again the next day and stuff like that. I just find it really energetic and, and fun. Um, you know, there's obviously the, the penis scene, which is something else. Uh, which was, you know, which I read and I still didn't, I couldn't, I still couldn't quite imagine what that was going to be until the dailies started coming in. Um, there's the airplane scene, which I really love because of that awkwardness and stillness after this, you know, just crazy weekend. And then at the end, the, um, uh, what is it? Uh, the King and I scene, which I just found to be so sweet and lovely. And again, another similar to the plane where they just are completely different people and they don't know each other. And yet to see this, you know, rock star singing and dancing to the King and I, I just thought was just a lovely, genuine, sweet scene. Mm -hmm. And then I know we only have a couple more minutes, but um, two final sort of questions for you. I mean, how, what was your Emmy nominee um, or Emmy nomination morning like? I was uh, terribly surprised. I had no idea. In fact, I didn't even know the Emmy nominations were coming out that day. Um, and I got a text from one of the other editors on the show, which was very sweet, just saying congratulations. And I was kind of like, for what? <laughs> I had no <laughs> idea what he was talking about. Um, you know, it was, it was funny because obviously with the Oscars with Tanya, I knew it was the it was the morning of, of the Oscars. And I got up to watch that at five o'clock in the morning and I was super excited, never expecting a nomination for myself, but I just wanted the film to be recognized. And obviously Margot and, and Allison Janney had been doing very well with different things up until then. So I was very hopeful for them. And they announced the editing nomination early on. Uh, and I just went, 
I, I was, I was gobsmacked and completely stunned. I couldn't even believe it. I was like, literally I went into this, like, I couldn't move. I was not sure if it was real or not. And it was just bizarre. And so with the Emmy, I truly wasn't even thinking about it. And then I started getting all of these texts and I was like, but what really? And I couldn't believe it. I had to go and look it up. I really couldn't believe it. Uh-huh. I thought it was maybe just them joking with me or something, but oh. uh, it was, you know, it was, um, it, you know, it's an incredible honor and it's really fun. And, and, you know, everybody on the show, there are other editors on the show. There, there are three other editors um, and, and all the assistants and everybody sound, everybody that worked on it worked so hard and did such a wonderful job and um, was collaborative and inclusive and, um it was just lovely. It was a great experience. And so I, I hope um, that this nomination, you know, is, is, is really not just for me, but it's for a whole team of post-production um, to be recognized. Absolutely. I love that mentality. Um, and then final question for you. I mean, it's not, it's not a mentality. It's a reality. I can't do anything without my assistants and the other people around me. So that's it. I mean, they, you know, nothing would, would actually get completed uh without them and and i and the other editors but you know i do have to mention my assistant too alex she was just superb Mm. so yeah um but i mean craig has i think three or four projects coming up i mean are you involved in any of those um and i mean i i was not I was not involved with tyson and i and i don't think i'm going to be doing his next uh movie um but I suspect I will be doing the one after that. So, um, yeah, schedule, schedule issues. Um, but yes, no, I will work with Craig, um, you know, whenever I possibly can do that, I will do that. It's, he's a, he's a pleasure and he's a a real talent. And, um, and for an editor, it's wonderful because he's exceptionally collaborative you really get to contribute and it just makes the job fun if if you don't get to do that you're pushing buttons and and it's quite dull um but uh, i love working with him so yes i will be doing it there there are some rumors about uh cruella too which i'm my fingers are crossed for but who knows what will happen i'll believe it when i see it yeah things come and go yeah so what is next for you right now i have no idea Oh. I thought I was going to be doing something and I'm not, and I have no idea. So I'm, I'm reading some scripts and, and um, I don't know, keep your fingers crossed for me. Fingers crossed. Who knows? Uh, but I want to thank you so much uh, for chatting with me today. I know we're right at time, but um, I appreciate this more than you would ever know. Um, just any, any time. I'm sorry that it took so long to do this. No, I'm just glad um, but, uh, Yeah, no, it's great. Anytime. Call me anytime. Thank you all for listening. This episode was edited and produced by me, Jackson Vickery. Graphics were done by Dylan Michael. And the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.